It's like another chore, another thing on the checklist. And so I feel like of all of the six essentials to connected sex, being able to ask for what you want in the bedroom is so important. But the thing is that women don't know that they they don't feel like they know what they want. And so how could they ask for it? And so this is where you have to start to develop your felt sense. And you have to understand that you live in an animal body that changes constantly, that you're on a 28-day hormone cycle. Yesterday is different than today. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello and welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Before we dive into our conversation, with our guest, we want to throw out a save the date for anyone who's local or who wants to come visit Minnesota in late August when it's beautiful for our outdoor yoga class. It's going to take place the morning of Sunday, August 27th. It'll be held outside on Lake Minnetonka in just a lovely environment that is very peaceful, being by the water, and also very energizing. We love co-hosting these community yoga events each summer and would love to have you join us. So click the link in our show notes and sign up today. Space will be limited. And then just a couple of reminders. One, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, we highly recommend you head on over there. Start watching us and get a little up close and personal with both our guests and Marnie and myself. And especially for today's episode, it's definitely one that you'll want to watch on video. And then finally, if you're enjoying this conversation, if you've been a subscriber and a listener to our podcast for three years or just one week, we would love to have you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It takes just two minutes and it really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and the resources that we share with you each week. And of course, if you're enjoying today's episode, please share it with a family, a friend, a neighbor, anyone who you think may benefit from this information. Marty and I are really excited to share today's amazing guest, Susan Bratton, who is an intimacy expert to millions and a champion and advocate for all those who desire intimacy and passion their whole long life. She's created hundreds of techniques that transform having sex into making love, and she is the world's most well-respected sexual biohacker. Susan is the best-selling author and publisher of 44 books and programs. In addition to being the co-founder and CEO of her personal life media publishing company, she is also the co-founder and CEO of her organic and botanical supplements line that enhance sexual vitality. So after this initial conversation with Susan, we immediately decided to have her on for a part two, which we've already recorded and will come out in just a couple months. And that will dive into what we're calling Lovemaking 201. And it'll really focus on how to enjoy passionate intimacy fully. 
There is just so much to unpack with this topic, and we couldn't do it in just one hour. So in today's conversation, Susan shares that at the age of 61, she's having the best sex of her life that continues to be fun and exciting. She will talk about her journey and how her own dissatisfaction in her marriage decades ago took her down the path of becoming a sex and intimacy expert. If she can turn her sex life around, so can you. So in this conversation, you're going to learn what you didn't learn in school that can make your sex life better today. We'll dive into talking about how to know what you want and how to ask for it. We'll talk about how to have orgasms from intercourse, which is something that many women never or rarely achieve based on her experience. Susan's going to share her top sex toys to increase your pleasure in the bedroom. So head on over to our YouTube channel to see these visuals that she will share. And you can also click the links in our show notes to purchase and check out these products. She will share the six essentials to connected sex. We talk about how sexual intimacy can increase longevity. This is a topic that Marnie and I continue to touch on uh, in multiple episodes. And sexual intimacy is, I think, one area that people don't initially think of when, they fo- when they're focused on longevity. It's just a fascinating conversation. She talks about just having amazing connected sex with your partner and shares a a sneak preview of these six essentials to connected sex. One of the things that drew us to having Susan on our show is her passion for this subject and helping people gain more confidence and joy around their sexuality, which really comes through loud and clear during this conversation. She has an amazing gift to help people reset where they are and where they could be, and most importantly, she shows you the path to get there. So with that, let's jump right into this super enlightening and energizing conversation with Susan Bratton. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Good Health Saunas. I have had my Good Health Sauna for over a year now, and you guys, I love it so much. From the moment of purchase to the delivery and setup, Good Health Sauna staff, they've been absolutely amazing. They've answered all my questions. They did a great job with the setup. And I have started this routine where I'm working out in the morning, I'm taking a sauna, I'm showering, I'm refreshed, and I feel great for the day. And I just feel relaxed during the day. I'm sleeping better at night. And I feel like I'm really adding to my overall health and happiness. And I'm also removing toxins from my body. And I feel amazing. Infrared saunas produce penetrating heat to help you sweat and heal your body from the inside. Sweating on a regular basis in your good health sauna can help you feel rejuvenated. There are so many health benefits of regular infrared sauna use that include detoxification, immune system support, muscle repair, chronic pain relief, relaxation, deeper sleep, and so much more. I've been using my sauna now regularly for the last several weeks and love how relaxed I feel, especially when I do it in the evening as part of my routine. It really helps me unwind from the day and improve my sleep. So why not bring the benefits and convenience of the sauna experience into your home with a commercial grade Good Health Sauna. Good Health Sauna has three stores, one at the Mall of America in Minnesota and two in Wisconsin, in Appleton and Waukesha, but they ship anywhere in the US. For more information on the various sizes and options and for your special offer for all of our listeners, head on over to their website, www.goodhealthsaunas with an S, Com. And mention the Art of Living Well podcast. Hi, Susan. Marnie and I are beyond excited to have you on our show today and talk about 
a topic that's probably not discussed enough in our society and one that we know is going to spark the curiosity of all of our listeners. And while we've discussed romance and intimacy on our show a couple of times, we haven't gone deep into some of the areas that we're going to discuss today and really lay the foundation. Um, And we know that your decades of experience in this area is going to make for a really fun and engaging conversation. So thank you. Oh, it's great to see both of you. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here talking about passionate lovemaking, sensuality, deepening intimate connection, and all the things that we've been doing that have been holding us back from having that as much as we want it. Absolutely. And so um, before we dive in and get into all that, one question that we'd love to ask our guests is what is your one non-negotiable to start each day? So something that you do in the morning. I have a lot of them. Uh, I <laughs> would share probably my smooth, my morning smoothie, my breakfast smoothie, because that's where I stuff all the nutrition possible. I get my Mito Pure and my collagen and, you know, all the things that I'm doing to stay as young as I can, as vital as I can, as, as plump and luscious as I can. Uh, so I'd say my smoothie. Well, you look well, amazing. We, <laughs> yes, you you, you so look amazing. And everyone head over on YouTube so you can see Susan um, in the flesh and Marnie and I do the same thing. So great. So Susan, as we kick this off, we would love for you to share your journey and how you, how did you end up as a sexual intimacy, like expert for millions? And I know you've authored, you know, what did you say? Like 40 or 50 books or something. And you're the founder of two companies and one of them makes organic and botanical supplements that enhance sexual vitality. Can you tell us like about your journey? Sure. Um, I was a Silicon Valley executive and married to my husband for over a decade. We had a beautiful little six-year-old girl and our marriage was falling apart. It looked great from the outside, but from the inside, it, it just we, we'd lost our intimate connection. And really my husband wanted to have sex with me and I didn't want to have sex with him because I had been having sex with him for over a decade of our marriage and I'd never had an orgasm from intercourse. And I frankly got tired of doing it. It just wasn't satisfying enough for me. And we didn't want to get divorced. We saw all our, we saw all our friends getting divorced and we knew it wasn't money because they were all in Silicon Valley and great jobs too. We said, oh, what are we going to do? And I I got really honest with my husband and I told him, you know, it's just like, it really does nothing for me. And I'm just sick of mercy sex and I don't want to do it. And you seem miserable and um, we have to figure this out. And so we went to some therapists and they helped with some of the things. But what really helped us was actually going to sex workshops. We are very brave souls and we don't expect other people to do that. But when we started going to sex workshops and learning the techniques, it almost instantly transformed our marriage. I began, I finally became orgasmic through intercourse. I started having different kinds of orgasms. I started really enjoying sex and wanting it and even asking him for it. It was like a, a just a complete transformation and it was not difficult except for the going to sex workshops part, because that was always very edgy and triggering for me. And both being tech people, we said, why don't we put these workshops on the internet so anyone anywhere in the world can access this incredible information? And we created workshops with the best workshop creators and essentially just put them online. And that was the beginning of our company, Personal Life Media. And 
over the years, I just, you know, 20 years of studying sexuality and having the opportunity to answer the questions of people because they would, they would get onto my email newsletter, my sex tips newsletter, and then they would email me their most, you know, private fears, concerns, frustrations, desires. They pour their heart out to me. I was like the dear Abby of sex. And I would answer, 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 answer. I, because I don't see people by the hour. I'm a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques. And so I would see what worked and I would see what didn't work. I would give advice. And, the, and like my number one thing is report back. Tell me how, you know, try this. Tell me how it worked. And I just did that selflessly for year after year after year, day after day after day, every single day, like just this morning. I've already answered a guy's issue where he had penile surgery that went wrong. And I talked to a woman whose boyfriend told her that her breath stunk and it was keeping him from wanting to be close to her. And I was helping her guide her through some microbiome uh, testing, giving her some ideas about that. And she said, she just emailed me back. Oh my God, it was H. pylori. You were told, you totally nailed it. That's what it was. You know, it's like so interesting just to help people with like the most random stuff. And I mean, people fr from 18 to 90 in countries all over the world. So it was way beyond just the social constructs and paradigms of the United States of America. It was kind of like everybody, women in Muslim countries, you know, guys in Muslim countries, Indians, et cetera. And so, it really was my fortune to have gotten into this world at the time that I did in the way that I did. And it just made me have so much empathy and experience with such a wide variety of human sexuality. And it's such a vast landscape, but there are basic themes. And over the years, I've realized what it is that people generally struggle with. And then I began to understand why it is that they struggle with it and how they can fix the problems. And so that's really kind of the whole story of how I ended up here today talking to you about what, why we're not getting the kind of intimacy and the kind of incredible pleasure that we, we believe is possible, but we're not quite getting it ourselves. And how can we, how can we get into the alignment where we know there's some people out there having really incredible sex. I'm one of them. At 61, I'm having the best sex of my life. It's fun. It's exciting. It's experimental. I'm confident. I don't have body image issues. I mean, I'm 61. My body's not perfect, but I don't even, I really don't even worry about that anymore. I have incredible orgasms. I have incredible heart connection. I've got just so much joy around my sexuality and it keeps getting better. It's not like I hit 61 and all of a sudden I'm at the pinnacle. I'm literally feeling like I'm still on the frontier of massive expansion of my own sexuality. And it fuels me and it fuels you. Your sexuality is a part of your lust for life, your passion for living. It, it's just one of those things that both grounds us, calms us, nurtures us, and fuels us. And so what I like to do is I like to help people reset where they are and where they could be and show them the path to get there. How can you get to have this incredibly nurturing, wonderful, 
part of your life be just as good as any of the other parts of your life? Well, sign us up. Oh. I know. <laughs> You're yeah, so pretty inspiring. much here enrolled. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of going back a little bit, based on all of these years as an intimacy expert, what didn't we learn in school that can make our sex life better today? What I thought I would do is I'd structure this conversation. I really want to explain almost like girlfriend to girlfriend, girlfriend to girlfriends. Um, what's wrong with the way we view sex today in our society. And I want to do that holding our, our male-bodied partners, if we're lucky enough to have a partner and, and they have to be a male, holding them in our hearts as well, because nothing I'm about to say is, is the fault of the masculine. Most of us are in heterosexual monogamous relationships. Most of us are pair bonded male and female, but I'm also sensitive to the fact that not everyone is. There are people who are still not in relationship. There are people who don't want to be, and there are people who really want to be in art. And there are also people who don't identify as, you know, binary. They identify as a non-binary or gender spectrum type of a person. And really everything that I'm about to say, it doesn't really matter where you are on that, you know, sparkle rainbow. (laughs) Um, It's all supported here. It's all safe space here for that, but it's, Super easy just to say the male and female, the XX, XY chromosome, the vulva owner, the penis owner. And so I'm just going to start there because people who are a little bit off that standard, you know, that that norm, and it's it's less and less normal, by the way, um, are are still they can still listen to this and be like, yeah, I told I, I get it. Go ahead. You can say boy and girl. It's fine. It's not going to hurt my feelings. And so that's kind of what how I handle that. I just want to make sure that I say that when I'm talking about the things that have gone wrong in our society and our culture around our sexuality that don't serve women, that it's really nobody's fault. It just turned out this way and we can fix it. And not only can we fix it, I mean, Stephanie and Marnie, you both have teenage children. I have a 26-year-old daughter. It's our job where we are right now to help our kids level that playing field and get back to what I would call more of a balance between patriarchal sex and matriarchal sex. We've all, we've grown up under the patriarchal paradigm of what sexuality is. And I'm going to point out some things, and then I'm going to talk about what, what it could be like. And when it's more balanced, when the matriarchal is given what she needs, then the patriarch is happier too. (laughs) You know that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, that works in the bedroom as well. And so I think we can teach our children these things too and point these things out. It's almost like when you understand as a, you know, as a white cisgender woman, how lucky you've been and how many advantages you, we've all had being white women compared to women of color. And you start to see that and you become aware of your own, you know, luck in life. Um, it's the same thing when you think about how lucky men have been in their sexuality compared to women. And now that we have that awareness, we can begin to change things. So here are the things that we didn't learn in school because we just didn't know. And the very first one, I think the most important thing that impacts people's sexuality is that women have a different arousal cycle than men do. And we've been having sex like men want to have sex. 
And that's been rushed and too fast. So if you think about the average dude, he has a penis and he has three big chambers of erectile tissue in his penis and they are straight and they get filled with blood really, really fast. And he gets an erection if he's healthy (laughs) and he's ready to go. He woke up this morning with a bloom of testosterone that made him horny. He masturbates every day because he's biologically wired to do so, to keep his sperm topped off, to pass on his genes to his progeny. He's got to be ready when we're ready because the female desire is a very inscrutable thing. He can't really tell when we're turned on. And even when we make offers for sex, when we're like initiating, he can't even read the signals. He misses them. You could be like, let's have sex. And he'll be like, she never initiates. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's like just a thing. It's just a thing. There's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. But he's, he's horny all the time if he's healthy and you want him to be. That's a good thing. But you feel as a woman, like, oh my God, again with the, again with the, you know, like, it's just too much. Uh, and that's because we never got enough time to really get turned on to the level where sex, quote unquote, felt as good to us as it did to him. This is the orgasm gap. This is why it's so easy for men and so difficult for women. It's only because it's rushed. The missing ingredient is something called engorgement. The other thing that's been a disservice to women that's been very much patriarchal and actually rooted in religion is that when I say the word sex, you think intercourse. And that's because, according to religion, the only sex that counts is intercourse because it makes a baby, because sex is for procreation, not for pleasure. So you can see why we're kind of saddled with that. Like there's foreplay and then there's sex. Well, that I'd like to just abolish that whole thing. Let's just come up with some new words because kissing, full body touch, breast play, Stroking my hair, rubbing my feet, rubbing my belly, scratching my back, telling me you adore me, looking in my eyes, holding me, touching my vulva, not right for my clitoris. I recently, just as a tiny little aside, I supported a girlfriend of mine through her ecstatic home birth. And when she approached me about the possibility, she wanted to have a home birth and she said, I'd like it to be ecstatic. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. And I gave her yoni or vulva massages throughout her pregnancy. I brought pleasure to her body throughout her pregnancy. I'd never done anything like that before. We don't have a a, a sexual relationship. But as I touched her and I did all of the things that I teach when I teach people how to give these yoni or vulva massages, yoni is the Sanskrit word for the female genital system. The vulva really means the outside. And so it's not really the perfect word. Vagina is only one little part of our anatomy. It doesn't take into effect, into effect the, all of the different erectile tissue. And so I don't like it. So I like yoni, Y-O-N-I. It's a sweet little word. It's like my little yoni. <laughs> so it's pretty. It's like a pretty little word. I gave her these yoni massages and she said, you know, I'm 45 years old and I've never had anyone not just go straight for my clitoris or stick something straight inside me. 
Like you touched my mom's, my outer labia, my inner labia, my groins, my leg, my belly. You touched everything. You never, you never just like went straight in. And she said, I, I have never been touched like that. And I think, right, we, we women have never been touched like that. We've never been touched reverentially around our entire genital structure. And yet I'm going to hold up my first thing. It's a banana. For those of you listening to the audio podcast, I do hope you'll go over to the Art of Living Well YouTube channel. <laughs> um, this banana looks like a penis, right? So half of a guy's penis sticks from his abdomen out, but half of it goes in and down. It's twice as big as you see when it's fully erect. And the whole inside of the banana is filled with erectile tissue. And if I took that tissue out and I turned it into a circle that came to a point, and I tucked it inside you, that's how much erectile tissue you have as a woman. You have as much erectile tissue in your vulva as your male body partner does in his penis. But it's nooks and crannies, and it takes a while for the blood flow to get in there. So he's got more testosterone, he masturbates every day, he's always thinking about sex because of it, and he's got straight shots down his tube that fill quickly. We've got the same amount of tissue that literally we have been so rushed to intercourse our whole lives that we've maybe never achieved full clitoral erection, lady boner. <laughs> we've never gotten enough blood flow, enough pleasuring, enough full touch to all those little nooks and crannies that are required for us to do what I like to call crossing the gasm chasm, closing that orgasm gap, making it as easy for us to have orgasms from intercourse as our male body partner. And orgasms from intercourse are what almost ruined my marriage. So I have been very, very active for the last two decades in teaching people how to have orgasms from intercourse. It's the number one thing women tell me they want that they're not having. And it's as simple as a couple of things. The number one thing being slowing the heck down, stopping the focus just on intercourse and expanding the full body touch and the foreplay, the yoni massage, the oral pleasuring, the use of vibration and other types of toys. I want to show you my number one toy for crossing the gasm chasm, which I will get to in a second whenever you're ready. because we can have the most incredible orgasmic pleasure from intercourse, but we can also have it from kissing, breast play, full body touch, and yoni pleasuring of various sorts. And so I really want to get out of this paradigm of, I mean, why does a woman not want sex? Because sex means she's going to be penetrated too quickly one more time and not be satisfied from it. And then she wonders why by the time she's in menopause, she doesn't want sex anymore. It's not your libido. I mean, it's not your hormones. I mean, honestly, testosterone replacement therapy can work wonders. It really can help you get hornier. But if you've had crappy sex your whole life, which is highly likely, no wonder you want to be done with it. Or no wonder you want to do what all the other menopausal women are doing, which is they're divorcing their husbands and dating other women who slow the heck down for them. So those are some of the things that I really wanted people to say, look, no one teaches you these things. They, we don't learn about our genital anatomy. We didn't even know we had three erectile tissue structures, clitoral, urethral, perineal. Oh my God, we do? 
Where are they? I can show you if that's what you'd like to, wherever you want to go next. But I think these are the things that are like, okay, let's have some, let's have some sex for mommy now, matriarchal sex. Let's slow the heck down and get the engorgement and turn on an arousal. Get us up the arousal ladder so we can catch up to our man, our horn dog male body partners. <laughs> and we can be horn dogs too. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, just to clarify, so when I'm always hearing women, you know, talking about their libidos and that they have no sex drive, and I mean, it's like you hear it, I was saying this to Stephanie before the interview, you hear people complaining about this all the time, and you hear this addressed all the time, oh, it's your hormones, it's your aging, whatever, you're saying no, that's not the case, right? Just so I'm understanding, you're saying it's because you've had bad sex your whole life, you're bored with your partner and your sex, and you're not, you're not getting yourself the proper blood flow or you're not reaching an orgasm because maybe you didn't know how or whatever it is. That, is that I right? Make a dis- I want to make a <laughs> distinction about that, Marnie. So I, I'd like to, I'd like you to think about libido, desire, and arousal being th- a Venn diagram, three interlocking circles when you, with you in the middle. <laughs> the first, the first one is libido and that's your body's health. So if you're not healthy, if you have mitochondrial retraction, if you've had COVID or chronic di- chronic fatigue, if your microbiome is totally screwed up and you're bloated and you fart all day long and you've got bad breath or whatever it is, you know, whatever those <laughs> things are, you're going to have a low libido because your libido is the other side of the same coin as your overall health. So if your overall health is good, but you still don't have a desire for sex, quote unquote, which of course is intercourse. And if it's never been good for you, why would you want it? Yeah. That's one issue. The desire is how do I feel about myself? How do I feel about my partner if I'm lucky enough to have one? So there's that piece, whatever's going on outside the bedroom carries into the bedroom. If there's something going on that has to be solved and could be part of the problem. We also have a lot of body image issues. We also carry shame. We've also been traumatized. We've been molested, abused. We, you know, we live in a culture that has a lot of shame around sexual pleasure. So there's all that stuff that factors into the desire piece of it. A lot of people don't even feel worthy. They have some deep self-worth issues. They feel unlovable. That stuff's going to get in the way. Then you have arousal. And arousal is that stair-stepping to turn on that if you are have always been expected to be up 20 steps up and you've never gotten the first 20 steps of the sensuality that you need, that's going to ruin your libido too. So it could be a combination of all three of those things, but it's not just your hormones. Well, I love that you're addressing this and like just getting to the true root cause, because I think a lot of women are just, I mean, I hear it like at least once a week, but kind of using it as just, you know, somewhat of an excuse, right? But you need to address the desire and the arousal. And, you know, honestly, this is like education. This is one one you know? sex and intimacy 101 for most people out there. Okay. But what about the women that have a high sex drive? You know, like we, we talk a lot about the women with low sex drive, but what would you say to her? You know, and maybe it's, maybe it's an inverse situation of what we, you know, kind of been talking about. Yeah. And they want more than their partner. Yeah. That is tricky too. The very first thing that I do is I say, okay, uh, a lot of women think, well, maybe he's gay. And, you know, like he could be closeted and that's actually not as common as the women who think it is 
It's not usually that. A lot of times it's, he's a workaholic. He has low testosterone. He has his own sexual shame. He's ill. These are the most common reasons. And so you have to look at that and say, okay, you know, do I have a hostile, do I have a hostile in my territory? Is he pissed off at me for some reason? Is he pissed off at himself? Does he have shame? Is he have an illness? Does he have low testosterone? Is he seeing someone on the side? Is he having an emotional affair? Is he addicted to pornography? You know, there's a lot, there's a big list of reasons why your male body partner might not want as much sex with you. And the final reason is that humanity's on a bell curve and some people just aren't as desirous of frequent sex as their partner. But that's, if the sex is really good, I think that's less likely. (laughs) I do think there are some people like that. There are some people who are literally asexual. They have no interest in sex at all. And if you are in a relationship with someone who has a very low sex drive and there is nothing wrong with them and you've identified that and they're just like, I just don't really like it. And it's not from any of these other things. Then you have the decision to make, which this, this, this is always the decision you have to make no matter what gender you are in a relationship where there's mis- mismatched libido. And it's, am I going to live with it? Am I going to cheat on my partner? Am I going to get the okay to have an open relationship and have lo- a lover or lovers on the side that can satisfy my sexual desires? Am I going to go to sex workers, which is a legitimate option? Uh, Am I going to leave my partner? And those are tough decisions to make, but those are, them's the options. I'm just telling you what your options are. Because sometimes people are like so deep in it, they don't even know what their options are. And they're all kind of like less than perfect options in the grand scheme of things, although they could be more perfect for your relationship. Opening your relationship so that your partner's like, yeah, I don't really want to have sex, but if you want to have sex and you want to take some lovers, as long as we can still be together, I'm okay with that. That is actually something that a lot of people come to because they love each other, but they have different libidos. And that's a grown up way of dealing with things. So those are options. And now a quick shout out to our sponsor, Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. I discovered Organifi about three years ago and fell in love with the gold chocolate blend, which I enjoy in the evenings. I love that it contains ashwagandha, which reduces stress and supports a healthy cortisol level. And it really gives me that fix when I want something chocolatey or sweet in the evening and it's perfect and nice and calming before bed. And I'm really enjoying the Organifi green juice, which has a ton of superfoods in it, and it's so much easier than juicing. And it's also great if you struggle to get your greens in. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water. It's great on the go, and there's no compromise in quality for taste. Organifi takes great pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods too by heading over to Organifi.com slash living well. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash living well and use our code living well for 20% off your entire order. 
So you you said something. So, so many things are crossing my mind right now. I yeah, have so many questions, but you said, <laughs> I think you said like sex workers. Did you yeah. say, what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Well, sex workers are what we would have used to have called prostitutes. Oh. Or oh, gigolos. <laughs> But they Sorry. can also That's, be people. I, I, who are I thought better. it was like some sort of therapy, actually, or like it is there. Oh, so I totally misunderstood that. <laughs> Many sex workers are basically therapists. That's what they do. They help all the people who don't have partners, who have who don't want partners, who have partners. There are a lot of people who have partners who are ill, going through cancer or dying, right? Terrible things happen, and yet they still want intimate connection and sexual pleasure, and so they go to sex workers. This is what sex workers do. They are professionals who help people with all kinds of problems. They're not. It's not like you used to think about it. Uh, you know, prostitution has always been a career. It's just now called sex work, and now it's coming out into the light as something that people in societies need. And they are the professionals who enjoy doing the work. And it's not all bad stuff. There's so much good that comes from that. One other question I have when you were talking about, you know, mismatched libidos or whatever, Mm -hmm. what would you consider like a healthy sex life in terms of, can can you define what that would look like on a weekly basis? And I don't know if there is yeah. such a thing, but I'm just is curious. that like your most like asked question? I feel like. well, I'm just curious, yeah. like like yeah. you know, as a sex expert or whatever, sure. like what how would you define that? Because I would think there'd be a huge spectrum of I don't know. I'm curious. Well, I think that I'm always afraid to answer it because I don't want people to feel like they should feel any shame or lack if it's if they don't want as much as. I'm about to recommend, but here's how I, here's how I'd answer it. There was a study of 3,500 people who looked at photographs of people between the ages of 18 and 80 and had to guess their age. And the people who were, there was a group of people who the age that was guessed, their age that was guessed was 10 years younger than their actual age. These were the young looking people, the young looking cohort. And it turns out that the correlating factor between the people looking 10 years younger was that they had intimacy three times a week. And that was more than two times a week. And that was all that I needed to know to make sure that I (laughs) got dates on my calendar with my partner. (laughs) Because I'm so damn vain that I want to look 10 years younger than all my, I want to be like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm 61. And, and people are like, what? You're 61? I can't even believe it. You look so young. That is music to my ears. And that literally would be enough for me to make sure that I schedule lovemaking dates three times a week. But that's not, I mean, I'm I'm joking in a way, but I'm not. I mean, intimacy and I, they said sex, but I don't like that word because I think that means intercourse to people. And I don't think it's actually Uh intercourse that you need. 
though I love intercourse and I want everyone to have mutually orgasmic intercourse and it is a learned skill and you can do it. Don't think you can't, you can. And I, I mean, I literally teach it for free. It's not anything you have to buy from me. It's at betterlover.com. There's a whole, there's a whole series on intercourse and penetration orgasms. So it goes through the checklists of the different things that might be missing in your relationship that are probably what it is that's missing for you that you haven't gotten there. Engorgement being number one, slowing down, et cetera. There's certain things, but the lover space and some other things are there and we can get into that later. But I think intimacy creates oxytocin, which is a longevity hormone. It relaxes us. It connects our heart. We get into resonance with another person. We, we have, uh, you know, a vascular event with orgasmic experiences. Um, we get the touch we need. We, I mean, there's just so, so there's a, a cascade of hormones and neurotransmitters that come from being close with someone else. I mean, for all these reasons, (laughs) I think it's just good for you. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much, so many directions. And I, I know we said this earlier in the introduction, but we are having you come back on for a part two. So don't worry, everyone. This is just laying the foundation and we're going to dive deeper when we bring her back on in a relatively short period of time. So Susan, I know you have a very practical approach that is simple and easy to have amazing connected sex with your partner. And we know a lot of our listeners, like you said, are women and a lot of them are at varying stages of motherhood, you know, some with smaller children and some with kids out of the house. Can you share with us, Lisa, give you a sneak preview of these six essentials to create a romantic adventure with more intimacy and passion with your partner? Yeah. So the first thing I want to say is that if you have little kids in the house, this too shall pass. They will grow up. You will get your life back. It is the time when you get the least amount of sex. I can speak to that. Mine are grown up now. (laughs) The least amount of sex and the least amount of sleep. (laughs) But you're young enough that you can handle it. You'll live through it and everything will be good. And sex gets better with age. You're just laying foundations. But it is important to keep your sensuality going during that time. And a lot of times when couples have kids in the house, they are, they're really just trying to have a quickie and that adds another brick in the wall to their future sexless relationship because quickies are the op. We need longies. We need slowies. Not my husband won't even get one time. I was like, maybe we should have a quickie. He's like, oh no, I'm. I'm not falling into that trap. You know, you'll be all cranky afterward because your Yoni will have a chip on her shoulder because we went too fast and I'm not even going to do it. If we can't have a longie, I'm not doing it. So, you know, God love him. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even give me a quickie. (laughs) He knows it would bite him in the butt later. (laughs) And that's one of the things that you have to do as a couple is you have to kind of, we call ourselves team sweetie. We had a hashtag long before they even, there was such a thing. We call ourselves hashtags team sweetie because it's, it's Tim and I against my Yoni and not in a bad way, but like it takes two to make Yoni happy. She's, she will get it. She will get her nose out of joint if she does not get what she needs. And so we always start every date off with a Yoni massage. That's a non-negotiable. It does not get skipped because we got to get the blood flow going. It takes it takes me 20 to 30 minutes. And this is one of the things that women do. We rush ourselves. We rush ourselves to please our partner. We rush ourselves to do our duty. And it is very hard to break that habit very hard because we have been socially conditioned to be people pleasers as women. 
And so you have to fight against all your programming to listen to your body. And this brings me to uh, when you said, what are the six essentials to connected sex? So (laughs) this is a book that I wrote called Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. And this came from years and years and years of giving advice and seeing what worked and what people were missing and what they didn't know and what, you know, what, what, what really moved the needle in the relationship. And you can get it on Amazon in hard copy, but, um, and this is one of my top selling titles of the 44 books and programs that I publish. If you go, I'll give it to you for free. It's a free download you can get at sexualsoulmatesbook.com. So if you just want to download the PDF, the six essentials are in here, but let me explain them. And I'm going to start with one of them, which is called the Sexual Soulmate Pact, P-A-C-T, like an agreement, because what women are afraid to do, here's what they say. They say, I don't know what I want. I just know what I'm getting isn't it. I don't want to tell him, I don't want to ask for something different in the bedroom because I don't know what to say. If I tell him, go lighter, go harder, do this, do that, he gets a contracted, he kind of has a little, you know, fit. He or he's like, don't tell me I know what I'm doing. He shuts me down. Like it just doesn't feel safe for me to communicate in the bedroom. We don't talk. We don't have a lot of communication. I just kind of like have sex with him. I get what I can out of it. I just try to keep him from being a grumpy fart at home. I do it as much as I can. This is super common. It's like another chore, another thing on the checklist. And so I feel like of all of the six essentials to connected sex, being able to ask for what you want in the bedroom is so important. But the thing is that women don't know that they they don't feel like they know what they want. And so how could they ask for it? And so this is where you have to start to develop your felt sense. And you have to understand that you live in an animal body that changes constantly, that you're on a 28-day hormone cycle. Yesterday is different than today. The last sex date you had is different than this date. Uh, you know, what? How, how much sleep? Did you eat some crap? You know, are, are you stressed at work? All of these factors, they go into lubrication and, you know, desire and turn on and all that stuff. And so, We have to stop being rushed and we have to listen to Yoni. She's talking to us all the time. She's like, you can't shut her up. So if you can't hear her, it's because you didn't tune into her. So you got to tune into her. And then you just have to give your, let your lips flap for her. Cause she, she has different lips that she's got a different set of lips. (laughs) And so you have to explain to your partner, I'm just telling you what she's telling me. Don't shoot the messenger and you're not doing anything wrong. How could you know she's different every day? She's a, I live with a wild beast just like you do. And I gotta, I gotta give her her head. We have to satisfy her above all. She reigns supreme. We're never going to get off the dime in our sex life if we don't put Yoni first. And men seem to begin to understand that. And the first few times that you tell them things, they go, you know, and and then their training is to say, thank you, to show appreciation and encouragement for your feedback. And finally, he's like, oh, I really like this. And then all of a sudden you feel really good because he's thanking you and you're feeling encouraged. You don't feel guilty anymore. Let speaking for your yoni, which you have no control over anyway. So everybody's off the hook now. 
And now you're having great conversation. That's the number one thing. I won't go into detail on the other five essentials because I know we're sensitive to time here. You can download them all at sexualsoulmatesbook.com, but they are basically how to get present because sex is a mindfulness practice and you're out of your mind all the time, girl, because you're estrogen dominant and you're always up in your head and you're always running your to-do list and you got to get control of that monkey and you got to tame her too. You said, we are animals. You got to tame her and you got to keep bringing yourself back to sensation, bringing yourself back to your heart connection, bringing yourself back to pleasure until you've trained yourself to stay in and feel heart connection and sensation. And if you've had any trauma, that's going to be your number one practice. Setting the lover space. You are not going to have good orgasms if there's a pile of laundry in a basket by your bed. We are sensitive to those things. We must honor our desire for clean towels, good lube, nice lighting, good music. You have to set the space. Sex isn't spontaneous, except when you're 21 years old and you met some dude and you're just out of fantasy. When you're in monogamy, you got to plan for success. That's another thing. The other piece of planning for success is not having dates for intercourse, but having dates to learn new things together that could lead to intercourse. They always lead to more intercourse. But having to have sex is a chore. Having to do a lingerie photo shoot or try a new sex toy or fun things like that, those are things I want to show up for, right? Erotic adventures, erotic play dates, those are really fun. Um, <laughs> erotic play dates. The I last know. two, polarity. In the bedroom, we want to be ravished. And we want to ravish and who knows which day we want which, but we need to be able to run the full spectrum of our masculine and feminine. And we need our partners to allow us to have all of that. And they love it when we cultivate it. So cultivating that through primarily embodied sexuality, which is bringing your, looking each other in the eyes, breathing together, um, connecting your hearts Full body touch. We forget that sex is sensuality. Sensuality is based on the senses, the five senses, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching, feeling. We need more of that. We get into friction. Let's just rub these parts together, make an orgasm and we're done. We need to transform friction into connection for it to be really good sex for both of us, not just us as the women. For our men too, they have to learn how to connect their heart to their penis. I want to feel his penis more like a beating heart inside me, filling me up with love, shooting energy into me. That's what I want. So these are some of the, these are the six essentials to connected sex, which I go into quite a bit of detail in the book I've given you. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, you're giving us so much to think about and we definitely are going to be excited for part two where we can get dive deep into this. But so just thinking about how we love to leave our listeners with like a practical tip or suggestion, sure. what is something that you can suggest to our listeners that they could do today? Something simple just to, you know, kickstart their sexual journey, I guess. I brought something to show you. So I brought the one vibrator that I recommend every woman own. I'd love both of you to have one of these. 
I have I have a link to them at vaginaltoy.com. And there's two sizes. There's the large and the small. Some women have tiny little vaginas. The vagina, by the way, is not an inside out penis. It's not a sheath and it doesn't want in and out stroking. It wants a lot of different sensation. And it's more like a pocket that needs every part of it explored. It's like a cave that needs all of the sensation in there explored. But men, because they watch porn and they think that's what sex is, they're just like, er, 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 I got to give her a pounding. That's n- that's one little thing that we want. And so these particular, these vaginal toys, they're made by a company called Fun Factory. They have two motors and this one is bigger. And I have a really big vagina. I'm a almost six foot tall woman. and I like a lot in there. Other women are much smaller, more petite, or things have been atrophying and they're worried about anything big in there. So there's a small one. You get the one that's right for you. The two motors do a couple of things. One, they they target the external clitoral glands and shaft, but they also vibrate inside the vagina. You have to awaken the tissue in the vagina And it has a bump on it that stimulates the G-spot, which is your second erectile tissue area. It's called the urethral sponge. It's not a spot. It's actually a long tube of tissue. It stimulates that. It stimulates deeper inside you if you want it to. And you can start very small, just the tip. And you should always insert extremely slowly. You, You want your vagina to actually pull it in. And so you really want to spend a lot of time using these on the outside of the vulva before you ever enter yourself. And what this will do over time is that it will bring a lot of engorgement, blood flow. It'll activate the sensation. It'll help you cross that gasm chasm, close that orgasm gap so that it's as easy for you to have orgasms the whole time you're having intercourse as you won't even need to touch the tip of your clitoris when you're having intercourse because everything's going to be full of blood and fully engorged. It's like a golden bracelet of erectile tissue wrapped around you. And this is how you activate internally and externally. And you can slowly learn to give yourself orgasms with this. And then that allows you to have more easy access to orgasms during intercourse. It trains your body to have orgasms during intercourse. And I think this is probably the number one thing that I could leave you with is try frequent self-pleasuring. Tell your partner. If I personally enjoy what's called mutual masturbation with my partner instead of just intercourse sometimes, sometimes I don't want intercourse, but I but I like to lie next to him and we, we masturbate together. But when I first started using sex toys, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, I, I was shy. And I didn't want anybody in the room with me when I was doing it. I wanted to just do it by myself and explore it. And that's okay too. Tell your partner to give you some space and allow you to do this a couple of times a week. You could even do a 30-day challenge where you try to do it every single day, just a few minutes every single day. If there's a day it doesn't work, there's a day it doesn't work. But you would be amazed at how much more orgasmic you are within 30 days, how much more sex intercourse feels good 
everything feels good. You're more turned on. You're thinking about sex more often. It's a use it or lose it proposition. And this is the way to really get everything kickstarted. So I love this. So uh, vaginaltoy.com has the links to both of these on there. Okay. Thank you. That was like, I think that's super helpful. And I'm such a visual person too. So everyone head over to the YouTube channel and then go purchase those two sex toys. Well, one, so just one, or just, just one. the size yeah. that works. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So Susan, you talked about the free, the ebook that people can download, and we're going to link all this up in the show notes, but where can people find you? How can they connect more, learn about the work? You've got, a, like we said, 44 of these books. <laughs> yeah. Just tell our listeners where they can connect with you. Okay. Um, if you have questions for me, you can get on my email newsletter when you when you're when you download sexualsoulmatesbook.com, you'll be on my sexual, you know, my sex tips newsletter. You can reply to any of those emails and it goes right to my inbox. I have a care team that's been with me for a decade, but I handle all of your queries and then I forward things to him to them that are like, where are my logins? <laughs> so you can do that. You can slide into my DMs at Susan Bratton on Instagram. The Yoni Massage and the Passionate Lovemaking information is at betterlover.com. I highly recommend you go there and start working on Yoni Massage, pleasuring techniques with your partner if you're lucky enough to have one. And if not, do them to yourself. You can give yourself your own Yoni Massage and activate all of your vulval tissue. And personallifemedia.com is my main website that has a search box at the top with access to I don't know, close to 5,000 articles that I've written. So if there's anything I've said today where you're like, I want to know more about that, just type keywords into the box and you'll get articles. <laughs> okay, great. And I know you also have like a kind of like a supplement type line too, right? I and that's do. all accessible on there. Yeah, yeah that's, a, yes, exactly. You'll, you can just type in um, sex supplements or anything like that and you'll find those as well. Yeah. Right. And I know you didn't talk a lot about this today. We didn't have time, but just the importance of, good gut health and what you're fueling your body is also going to help with libido and everything else. It all starts in the gut, doesn't it? And good breath, which is highly important if you have a partner. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. So Susan, as we wrap up this conversation, one thing we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Oh, the art of living well to me means just being in pleasure all the time just creating a life that brings you joy and that a lot of that pleasure comes from being held, um, holding, touching, holding hands, connecting hearts with friends and family, not just your partner, but, you know, hugging everyone, touching everyone, you know, making people feel really connected to you. That's, I think, one of the biggest joys in life is, is all the love that you can share. So beautiful. I love that you just incorporated everyone. Like with the hugging, there's been a lot of studies out there that say you have to, we should all have at least seven hugs a day. And I was actually thinking about this when you were talking earlier. And it's actually something I try to, I say with my kids when I like run up and give them a hug and I'm like, I need to give you seven of them. Like we need more touch. And that may be with your partner, but it's also with your friends and your family. And I think after the pandemic where we weren't touching each other as much, you know, outside from our core group, we really, that's, you know, an area that we're missing. And we got to make up for lost time, Stephanie. We do. Maybe <laughs> it's 14 hugs a day, not seven, 14. <laughs> I like it. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Susan. We're already looking forward to um, having you come back on. Me too. Thank you so much for having for me. For part two. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well. Thank you.